in Treibo. Welcome to Catholic Conversations. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. I'm here with uh, John Haynes, who's a uh, PhD student um, with the University of St. Thomas. And uh, we're here to talk about the Mass a little bit. Um, Most uh, specifically, we're going to talk about some of the uh, differences between the Novus Ordo and the Trinitine Mass, or what's commonly known as the ordinary form of the Mass, or the Mass that uh, you'll probably hear in English or in Spanish or in other any other language, uh, and the Trinitine Mass, which is often uh, referred to as the Latin Mass. Uh, so that the so that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, hi, John. Thanks for having me on, Adrian. Uh, so um, today, when uh, you when when was it that you um, first where went to a latin mass well it was back in 2006 actually not surprisingly probably because uh pope benedict released his document Samorum pontificum and before that happened actually i heard rumors about it coming out and started reading about the old mass and i was wondering about why you know the um, what well, the experience at mass that most people have and that I had growing up doesn't seem to match what we have in the movies and in uh, the music doesn't seem to be like what you think of as Catholic music. So got me thinking like what's the uh, what's the change that happened and why did it happen? And so yeah, when uh, when Pope Benedict released his document to allow for the extraordinary form, I um, I uh, checked it out with some friends. Basically, that was my first opportunity to go. Huh. Well, the um, and before that, when what were you? What kind of Catholic were you? Were you um, did you go to? Were you a Sunday mass goer? Were you what kind of Catholic were you growing up? So yeah, I was baptized a Catholic and um, grew up in your typical suburban parish, really. Um, I had a couple years there where I was atheist and picked a fight with a priest and that slowly changed things. But You picked a fight with the priest? Like you, you punched the guy in the face? <laughs> well, you know, an argument. Oh, I was okay, just that, a little... kind of, that kind of fight. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to be sure. I wanted to, wanted to make sure that you didn't uh, punch a priest in the face. If you did, that'd be a good story, and we can go on that tangent. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah. So then when did you like uh, become more devout in your faith? Um, freshman year in high school, I was, yeah, just, the, I guess the argument was more about uh, whether God exists. And so he gave me all these books to read. and And you actually read them? Half of them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, okay, okay, fine. I, I, I believe it. Okay. <laughs> Don't make me read any more books. It took like a year or so. <laughs> but then I thought I was going to be a priest. So <laughs> Really? Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a little bit of a change. That's a change. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I... I um, and so where'd you so grow I'm, up? I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And then in Columbus, Ohio, whenever they released, okay, so 
Samorum Pontificum, 2006, correct? Mm-hmm. 2006. So it or was... 2007, sorry. 2007, okay. Yeah. In 2007, Samorum Pontificum is released. And so how was it that... Was it made that every diocese was required to have the Trinitine Mass? Or did it just say that every, like everyone was allowed to say the Trinitine Mass? No, it's the latter thing. Yeah, just that um, Pope Benedict said that the old form of the Mass... Um, which many people thought was banned and replaced by the new mass, actually was never banned. It was always allowed. Okay. And so uh, at that point, you know, a lot of people that were interested in it, a lot, including priests, decided to... Decided to um, were there a lot of priests that it. started doing it? Because like I would imagine that there was like... Like, um, how was it that you were able to go to a Trinity Mass? Did Was it like a common thing where priests started saying the Trinity Mass again? Or how did that work? Well, at that point, no, it didn't happen all at once. There were already some parishes mm-hmm. that had a special um, authorization from their bishop to have the Mass. Oh, okay. But this change allowed priests to celebrate the Mass without permission from their bishop. Oh, So okay. basically, it's just free game. So it became really... Um, just a much more it became the extraordinary form as i mentioned earlier i should have explained it's just means that there's the roman rite but then there's the ordinary form which is what everyone um grew up with and everyone's familiar with also called the novus ordo but in this document pope benedict declared that the tridentine mass would be called the extraordinary form Mm -hmm. um meaning that um it's the it's the same mass and same uh, same rules govern um, its availability. So okay, and so that's uh, and so what was it like? Do you remember your first Trinity Mass going? Like what you were thinking, what you uh, saw, um, or it was like awesome. That? <laughs> <laughs> it was just awesome. Like I just thought, like I mean, the biggest thing was just like thinking like, wow, my grandparents and their parents and their parents and their parents all experienced this. And like every Sunday, if not more often. And it's just like great to be uh, um, worshiping God in, in the way that they saw suitable. That's really cool because I know um, my first experience with the Trinity Mass I was like, wow, this is the weirdest thing ever. And I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. Don't get me wrong. I was kind of lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 literally, I literally said when I was done, I was like, okay, valid. I'm never coming back. <laughs> I'm never coming back. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it wasn't until almost like a year later, whenever I finally started actually going to the Trinity Mass regularly. And uh, now I almost exclusively go to the Trinity Mass, except for like daily Mass. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because mo- there's not too many ch- parishes that do the Trinity Mass for daily Mass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, change happened very uh, slowly for me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And so when did you, uh, so did you, uh, learn how to serve at mass? I did. Yeah. I was, it was kind of a controversial thing. So just a background piece there. I was at Franciscan university in Steubenville when this happened and I was actually studying in the pre-theologate program, which is 
I think it's now called the priestly discernment program, but just guys that are thinking about the priesthood. And so when this happened, it was pretty controversial on campus, actually, even really? among the priests. And uh, controversial how? Well, just there were a lot of priests and a lot of the, the friars at Franciscan uh, were, I guess you could say, not happy about it. Really? Um, they thought it was a step backwards and. Wow. <clears throat> So, but a few that were kind of quiet were, were happy about it. So, um, so yeah, when it, when, when I, when I, um, started to get interested in it more, it was something I realized had to be, um, had to be Kept politically correct. Yeah. 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 You have to be careful about who you talk to. And uh, it's kind of like bootleg material, even though technically <laughs> not. <laughs> I, I remember I was talking to, um, Dr. Dr. Edward Fazer on, um, his book, um, by man shall his blood be shed, which is a Catholic defense of capital punishment. And after his talk, I went up to talk to him and it was like, Hey, I just want to say thank you for writing this book. And, um, I was, uh, I got in trouble for, um, for uh, basically defending capital punishment before. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, dude, like, um, like you, whenever you read my book, you have to like stick it in a brown paper bag and read it in the quiet. But it's like, if anybody goes up to me, like, Hey, what are you reading? Just a uh, porn. I'm reading porn. And, and it'll be less controversial for, uh, for people. If you just yeah. tell them, tell them that instead. It's true. <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. It sounds like it was a similar situation at that point. I mean, yeah, pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And so how did you learn how to serve the Trinity Mass? Was like, was there anybody there to teach you? Or did you have to just like go and oh, find the material? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Actually, <laughs> some of the guys that were in the same program um, snuck off campus and went to a parish there nearby the university and learned from a very old priest there. And um, so... They all got busted for that later. What? A f- quite a few of them got kicked out of the program for Because it. of that? Yeah. Whoa. Because they weren't, quote, at the heart of the program, close quote. So anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but I learned from them how to serve it. Oh, wow. We ended up starting a household at Franciscan um, that was dedicated to teaching other guys to serve them well serve to, the mass today there. there's i hear from my friends that are currently at franciscan that there's kind of like a culture of uh of like the traditional culture and then there's like the um charismatic culture and they're very split even at franciscan um and i i'm assuming that that kind of uh, started with y'all i mean that was the case when i last checked up on it i mean that was probably like 2014 2015 mm. so i haven't been in the there on campus in a while, but I think that's, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Now, I mean, I wouldn't want to say that, um, when it comes to the charismatic movement, I wouldn't want to say that there's, uh, like an opposition, like night and dark here. <laughs> I mean, I think they're, or sorry, night and, um, night and day, night and day. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not, it's not good. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I have respect for the charismatic movement and I think it's, uh, good thing and um um but you have to have a special you know maybe a special vocation to become part of it and uh that the uh 
the way I always saw the charismatic movement was more as a um, like a stepping stone because growing up personally, I was very charismatic. Um, yeah. I was I actually was the chairman of the youth council for Houston. And I helped plan uh, these huge, massive conferences uh, with their huge charismatic uh, masses and everything like that. I was on their planning committee and I, I was super into it. I was a, um, one of those. Uh, I was really into it. And um, I find that a lot of people who are very charismatic are also the same people that whenever their faith matures, they're the same people who can be so yeah. devout um, in true. the Trinity mass. Um, it's very true. Yeah. So yeah, I, I see. I always saw it as a, or at least recently, I've seen it as a stepping stone where it's very emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with emotions per se. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem becomes if you rely on the emotions alone, um, and uh, and then when the emotions fade, as John of the Cross says, it must and it will. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens next? And yeah. so I feel like uh, it's a great place to start uh, for a yeah. lot of people. And in support of that point, I think generally it's been the case at Franciscan that people enter the school because they've encountered the um, the uh, Steubenville, well, conferences. Steubenville conferences around yeah. the country and um, just, yeah, have gained, gained great excitement about what's going on with the church and everything. And um, But over the four years, I, th- I really do think like that... Uh, you know, the juniors and seniors, even in the school, are tend to be more traditional. Like you could, I wouldn't say it's fifty-fifty. Like, but mm-hmm. that the um, the older the students get, the more interested in tradition, and I think the more, um, um, well, I don't know if you would want to say the word mature, but the more. Uh, uh, I, maybe, maybe that's the word, but just. yeah, I, li- I like the word mature because I feel like it's, um, it, it's very reminiscent of, um, of like a parent child relationship where as a child, uh, you are very, you're able to, um, be like pleased with like a piece of candy or things like that. Yeah. Um, and you need some like simple pleasures, um, like, uh, those kind of things will, is what you need. Um, but then whenever you become more mature, your tastes become, um, more, well, mature and yeah. you're able to uh, appreciate the finer things. Um, mm-hmm. and so I feel it's a similar way. Um, and maybe someone else could uh, come up with a better term. Um, but until I, I haven't heard of anything better, I like the, the term, uh, mature. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think that's, I mean, I think a big difference between the Tridentine or even the Tridentine Novus Ordo, and I guess you could say we're talking about the, the charismatic masses, right? Just which is a little bit how much not, yeah. the, the the participant is dependent on their emotions to right. really engage with Christ on a personal level. Mm-hmm. I think is the question of maturity here, right? And uh, it it does seem to me that they can be laid out in that mm. hierarchy. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I think, uh, okay, so moving on a little bit. Um, so taking away any um, external ideas of the Novus Ordo and going straight to the very, like, the way the Novus Ordo was supposed to be done. Uh, so kind of like ha- at our, uh, the church that we go to at Annunciation. Um, Annunciation, their Novus Ordo Masses. Uh, Father will have a says Mass ad Orientum. Um, he has uh, his uh, all-male altar servers, has a full uh, choir singing for um, the for the Novus Ordo, 
has some parts in Latin, um, but all the parts addressed to the people are in English. The readings are in English, um, and the Novus Ordo is very reverent. Uh, so what are the differences between that? So like why, like even like even going even further, like saying that Latin Novus Ordo, with it's like ninety percent of it is in Latin, and um, only the readings and uh, homily are in English, which is very similar to the uh, Trinitine Mass. Um, between those two masses, what what is the difference? Um, like where what can you find that has that? Between the the Novus Ordo English and the Novus Ordo Latin, or between or the, the Novus the, Ordo English, the, between uh, the the Trinitine Mass and the Latin Novus Ordo. Okay, yeah, I mean, there there may not seem to be too many differences up, you know, to the person that's not, um, well, I guess uh, familiar with either, but uh, familiar with the Trinitine, but yeah, both. There really are significant differences in terms of what's being said and, I think, in the manner of prayer. So in, in what's being said, that's, in what's being prayed, that's a big, um, a big topic. And I think that maybe we can go into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so, so maybe the thing to start with is the, the manner of prayer. I think that there's a big difference because of the... Um, the Trinitine Mass is very contemplative, right? As compared to the Novus Ordo, in that in the Trinitine you have many places where there's complete silence, but the priest is praying on his own, and uh, and you've got to be looking in the Missal to. Well, I mean, you don't have to be looking in the missile, but I mean, you, you can pr- really pray at your own rate, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's something that really did attract me to the Tridentine Mass. I like that um, I could kind of, uh, um, yeah, it's just, just, just pray on my own. Um, that's not to say that you're disconnected from everyone else, but like if you're familiar some of you might be familiar with the uh, three levels of prayer that St. John of the Cross talks about, the um, vocal, the meditative, and the contemplative. And one is supposed to lead to the next. You know, the vocal leads to the meditative and meditative to the contemplative. And in the Mass, um, the same is true, really. Um, the goal is to get to contempl- contemplation, which is just silence, really. And <clears throat> the... The the Trinitine Mass allows for that, whereas I think in the Novus Ordo, there's um, it just seems like everybody's saying something at some point. There's yeah, it's, some it's, noise. <laughs> it's very hard to find moments of silence in the uh, in the Novus Ordo Mass, unfortunately. Um, and that's always been one of my complaints for a lot of times when I go to adoration at like these huge conferences and things like that. They play music the entire time, and I'm like. Uh, there's like no moment of silence for me to just reflect and to, and to pray. Um, and I feel like I'm forced to sing. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. So I I think that's, that's very true. The manner of prayer is uh, very different because even in in the Latin Novus Ordo, uh, whenever they're doing the, the Pater Mm -hmm. Noster, the whole congregation is singing the Pater Noster together. Whereas in the Trinity mass, only father is saying Mm -hmm. the uh, Pater Noster. And then we reply with the, um, Libro Nosa Malo. Um, and some things, some things aren't even necessary in the Novus Ordo that they be 
Oh, for example, where, where are the announcements done? Oh yeah. <laughs> in both forms of the map, right? Like mm-hmm. typically it's just become a custom to have the announcements in our, um, after communion, right? In right. The, after mass is almost mass is over. Yeah. Right before, before this blessing. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Whereas there, the, in the Tridentine mass, the announcements, announcements are done right before uh, the homily before the homily. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't, I don't think that's part of like the official design of the mass or anything, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, be, it's just been done that way. And, uh, anyways, having, having time for just silence is really helpful, mm-hmm. you know, so that, so would, that would be a good change Jesus. in the Novus Ordo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, after you receive our Lord, it's really helpful to be able to sit there and contemplate um, the great gift. And that's the other thing about like um, extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion um, to make distributing communion shorter is the reason why they say it because they don't want it being too long. Um, but like having it be long is actually a benefit um, because then you can go back to your seat and sit there and contemplate what's going on. Talk You're to not, the guy upstairs. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. <laughs> Talk to the big man uh, for a few minutes and um, and thank him for what what you did versus, all right, we got to get out communion, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, everybody yeah. got, everybody's good. Everybody, okay, we're going back up. Uh, let's clean, <laughs> clean the dishes, clean the dishes. Okay, we're, uh, all right, uh, go, you were sent, and then uh, everybody's gone. Um, and yeah. Versus, yeah, so it's a, uh, it's kind of like in the Novus Order, you're like rapidly trying to get everybody out as soon as possible. Where in the Trinity Mass, it's like everything is deliberate and slow. Um, and I find that to be uh, the case. Um, even yeah. even at even at uh, Annunciation with the same priest saying both yeah. masses, um, you kind of get the same yeah. feel that he's like trying to um, rush mm-hmm. the Novus Ordo Mass, but then he's more like con- contemplative during the Trinity Mass, which I find yeah. to be interesting. Yeah. But I, I think the general point that is just that the um, the Trinitine Mass it's it's quieter it's a bit more contemplative on your um, and ironically independent like it's a little bit more like you're on your own independent um, in that um, yeah you can pray on your own and it's more about you and Christ. Maybe the personal relationship with Christ. I don't know. Huh. But weird. <laughs> yeah. You, have a, you uh, at the mass, you're establishing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying. Trying oh. to say. Oh, yes. Weird. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. I never heard that before. Um, okay. So moving into like the specific prayers that are said in the mass, um, like for instance, um, at the beginning of mass, the way mass starts in the Novus Ordo versus the Trinity mass. And I'm not talking about like uh, father Bob going up and saying, all right, today we're going to be reading the gospel today. Uh, Jesus healed the sick man. Um, and like, not that I'm not talking about that. I'm yeah. talking about the actual prayers that are being said. Um, like l- let's look at the, those prayers and um, what's different. Like at the prayers at the foot of the altar, like they, that doesn't even exist in the Novus Ordo, does it? No, there, there's a couple different, ways that the mass has been changed from the Tridentine mass, to the Novus Ordo. Um, one is that the prayers have um, been modified, right? So you have the same basic idea when you, when it comes to the prayer, um, but, but a change in the way that it's said. Um, but then you also have, 
some prayers that are just completely removed in the new mass. Um, so um, when it comes to the prayers at the foot at the, the uh, prayers at the foot of the altar, yeah, they've just been taken completely out. removed. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Like um, and the for people who don't know, the prayers at the foot of the altar are these uh, the prayers that are said by the priest uh, before he ascends uh, the steps to approach the altar. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the first of which is the, uh, is the judge me, the Yudike me, um, where he basically is, uh, asking God to, um, to judge him for his sins. Well, judging um, people isn't good. So. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's not judge. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, so that's why we took it out because, uh, we remember that Jesus said, thou shalt not judge. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, so yeah, so but then also the as- asparagus may and the oh, that's right, yeah, one. the asparagus may. I guess that wasn't the even technically Mokla. part it's of not the, part of the mass, mass, yeah. But I was always curious about that, I yeah. Like that. Do you know what what's what the whole point of, of that is? Um, I mean, I think it's just an it's like an exorcism prayer, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's like a blessing, like a just like a sprinkling of holy water in exorcism prayer, yeah. Um, but it's not technically part of mass. Um, right. Kind of just to get people ready for mass. Yeah. And get the demons out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that it's, it's, it's pretty useful. Um, but yeah, so the, they do that before mass starts and it's kind of like, um, like, you know, during, um, like baptismal things and like that and like the pre or like during Easter time and the priest will come and sprinkle people with water. It's kind of like that, but before mass and before every single high mass on Sundays, um, they do that. Um, and so, yeah, so, but that, that was completely, um, removed from the, uh, ordinary form of the mass. Um, and I guess it's not really part of, like we were saying, it's not technically part of the mass. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like, uh, specific prayers that were, um, that were changed. Oh, something that I thought was interesting that I found out today, um, in the, uh, which I'm skipping way ahead, but mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the, what we call, uh, liturgy of the word, uh, was known as a uh, liturgy of the, the cate- uh, liturgy of the catechumens. Um, and so in the Trinity mass yeah. and so the, but, uh, moving a little forward, the liturgy of the word, um, whenever the priest, um, says whenever he has a, the word of God and he's like with well, the word of the Lord and he holds up the gospel, um, that's actually not supposed to happen because, um, in the Latin, when we're to saying it, we're saying verbum domine, mm-hmm. uh, which is the word of the Lord, meaning like the, the spoken word of the Lord, not like not the written word of the Lord. Um, and so it's uh, it's referring to like the logos or the the uh, the spoken word. And so holding up the physical text is actually not um, the uh, correct thing to do. And the Novus Ordo, because whenever they say word of the Lord, um, they're not actually referring to the physical text. Uh, so yeah. They're talking about the word that's being spoken. Huh. Um, so yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, uh, this isn't. It's not like the body of Christ, right? Okay, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I never, I never thought about yeah. that, but I was listening to. Um, yeah, last weekend I went to a church in New Hampshire, and there was a on both sides of the altar. On the left side, there was the gospel. Um, like, there's a little spot in the wall there for the gospel to be held and then on the right side of the altar on equal footing is the eucharist the tabernacle Whoa, yeah and so it kind of reminds me what you were saying there yeah <laughs> so yeah so i thought that was interesting because it's like yeah whenever we say uh word of the lord we're specifically referring to like 
the actual spoken word because Jesus isn't a, a written down thing. He, he's, he's the word spoken. Yeah. Unless um, your heart is open to understanding or to, to believing in Christ, the, the, the word doesn't mean anything. Right. And so, um, and all, that's the other reason why, um, you listen to the word and it's not like everybody pull out your Bibles and you pull out your Bible and you're like following along with the readings. I mean, there's nothing wrong with following along with the readings. I'm just saying that there's a reason why it's, uh, it's spoken to the people and it's not that everybody just reads together. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's really this, the spoken Mm. word is the important part. Um, and that, that comes out in the Trinity mass because of the words that we use, the verbum domine, um, because it's very clear that we're talking about the spoken word hmm. um, versus the written hmm. word. So, but unfortunately in English, we kind of like we don't have a difference yeah, yeah. Um, between those two things. And then you get um, apparently what I didn't know was an abuse, but it is an abuse of lifting up the gospel. And when you say the word of the Lord, um, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, apparently that's a thing. Actually, thank you. Adrian. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I taught you something new today. Um, but yeah, so going a little bit backwards. Um, back to the beginning of Mass, um, talking about the, the difference between a liturgy of the Eucharist, liturgy of the catechumens. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did they change like that? Like, what is, what is, why did they call liturgy of the catechumens? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. I'm not exactly sure, but I think the, the, um, well, like the catechumenates, uh, were people who were, um, were approaching, uh, the Catholic church basically saying, I want to become Catholic. Um, and they were on their path to become Catholics. Mm-hmm. And so they would attend mass. I know they had to yeah. leave after, right. They had the, to leave at the of end the of the liturgy, the catechumenates. Yeah. Um, and so they stayed until the, uh, end of the homily and they had to leave. Um, because then it became liturgy of the faithful, what we now call liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. People um, that are fully incorporated. Exactly. Um, but I guess that's too mean to kick people but out of church. But why did we change it? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe if that's what you were asking. Yeah, that, as, as, yeah, I was asking like, why did we? Why did we change the wording? The emphasis on something less less exclusive. I yeah, think. that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just me, con- like uh, making assumptions. Like I feel like uh, it's like a whole idea of like inclusivity. Like you don't want to kick people out of church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we had a, we had a good reason why we would kick people out of church um, before mm-hmm. they started the liturgy of the faithful. Um, like trying to protect the Eucharist, protect that sacred mystery. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember reading about how that was just very important that you, before being able to participate in, or even view the consecration of the Eucharist, um, that, you were actually a believer in that. Um, yeah, and it's going back to like the casting, casting uh, pearls at swine. Right. Yeah, because the pearls being referred to in Scripture is uh, the Eucharist. You don't want to mm. just like, give the Eucharist to swine. Well, and it's just an extension of something that we've lost more and more of. So if you go back even further it's symbolically represented in the way that the uh, pre so oftentimes people today will complain about how there's such a separation between the people and the priest and what the priest is doing is so much higher than the people, which is okay. Obviously um, we're talking about the Noah's order. I mean, that's not nearly 
the kind of separation that was there in the Tridentine Mass, and right. that the priest was maybe sometimes praying prayers that were different from what the people were praying. Okay, but go back even further, mm-hmm. and you see that um, there was actually at one point a separation, a physical separation, a curtain that would, in oh, the old right. Roman uh-huh. days, separate the priest and the sanctuary from the people. Yeah, to, and they still do that in the Eastern Church. Yeah, they still do it in the Eastern Church, but it's just to show how much of a, uh, it's just to emphasize the, um, mm, the, the, uh, the sacredness of the mystery. Na- yeah, yeah, nature of what's going on uh, in the sanctuary. And, and even that, even that separation was an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Or was a, um, <clears throat> Was was moved away from what the Jews had, which was a complete separation right. from the, the 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 priest and the people. Right, mm-hmm. so it was a big deal when um, Christians began their liturgies um, with without a um, a um, total total separation between the priest and the people. So I I, I bring that all up just because it's. Uh, well, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, that reminds me of something that uh, I think is really important. Like, um, and also I think it's kind of funny and kind of scandalous at the same time. Um, so like whenever the priest is like saying the words of consecration, like this is my body. Um, yeah. They, in the Trinity mass, the priest um, leans down close to the host and, um, and it's impossible to see if you're in the congregation, I can see it because I'm serving mass and I'm ringing the bell. Mm-hmm. And so I can see him doing mm-hmm. it and he like gets very close to it. And, uh, he says, this is my body, mm-hmm. um, in Latin, obviously. Um, but then, and then he raises up the host and you ring the bell and you adore our Lord, um, in the, in the blessed sacrament saying my and Lord and kneels. my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he kneels, but in the Novus Ordo, you'll commonly, um, I don't think this is in the rubrics, but you'll commonly see people raise the host up and then spray everybody with it and say, this is my body while showing everybody the host as he's saying it. Um, but it's not actually Jesus until he finishes saying that. Yeah. So the left side of the room uh, doesn't get to uh, see Jesus, but the right side of the room does because yeah. he's uh, like spraying everybody with Jesus. And I'm like, so the people on that side were just like adoring a piece of bread, but the people on that <coughs> side of the room were adoring Jesus because yeah. then he finished saying the words. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought that was, that was funny when I thought about it, uh, but also a little bit scandalous for people who uh, are like, Oh, uh, getting sprayed with the beginning part of Jesus and not getting the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because before he finishes saying it, it's just bread. Um, and when he finishes saying it, it's now the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I just thought, I thought about that when you were saying yeah. about the, the sacredness of it in the veil, um, because in the Trinity mass, yeah, he says it very secretively. It's just him and Jesus, yeah. um, leaning down close to it. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that's an, a very old idea. I mean, I think the, the Romans had it understood that the uh when you say something more quietly when you whisper it it's almost like it gives it more importance like it gives it more like, depth what's going on what's going on yeah why, why is this guy whispering like it's supposed to be important <laughs> yeah yeah it's like if, you, if you're whispering that's whenever everybody's like what did you say yeah what was that but if i'm like just talking normally normal level and i'm talking and, and um some other people in the room they're just going to ignore me but as soon as i start whispering they're like wait a second 
what, what, what are you saying? What are you talking about? And they're like, hey, I want to know what you're talking about. But it's like, uh, he's like, you didn't care two seconds ago when I was saying and talking yeah, loudly. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I guess it's, like, it's the same way in the mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the way we're hot wired as human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, the, that's maybe just part of the symbolic. Um, well, I mean, another way to say the difference or to explain the difference between the old form and the new mass, I think, is that I think the old mass really emphasizes teaching through the senses. Mm. Whereas the new mass really emphasizes teaching intellectually. You know, so it's kind of um, ironic because most people learn through the senses, I think. Uneducated people learn through the senses. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. uh, The new mass was an attempt to teach, well, to try to reach most people. Well, to meet people where they're at. Meet people where they're at. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, most people. This is why it was the mass for people that couldn't read, right, you know, yeah. but, but I don't know if, if you want to assume, if you're going to assume that most people, that everyone reads and understands, then, um, then go with the new mass, but you're excluding certain people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I thought that you mentioning that is interesting because I was immediately, I was thinking about, um, the way the school system is like freaking out right now. They're trying to integrate these new like things, like learn with the senses. Like if you're, what are you, are you a tactile learner? Are you a sensory learner? Like what kind of, what kind of learner are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the whole school system is trying to figure that out, trying to figure out how to uh, get people to uh, learn the best way that they know how to learn, whether it's the visual, whether it's through hearing, whether it's seeing, whether it's through touching, whatever it is, they're trying to figure out how kids learn. Um, and it seemed like the church had it right the whole time because we were doing everything. We were having the incense. You were smelling it. You were looking at things. You could see things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these different things uh, were going on and you could see what's going on. And it's uh, and in that way, it's um, it, it was doing exactly what it, teachers are trying to figure out now. It was teaching mm-hmm. them through the senses, through all the right. senses. Um, and I thought it was something interesting um, recently because um, someone, um, I forgot who said this. Someone was telling me about their son um, who was like act, acting up during mass and it was a Trinity mass. And so they're just like, pick up their kid, walk to the back, not disturbing the mass at all because uh, father's doing his thing. Uh, the congregation is doing their thing. Um, and then they're not, at, and so he's not distracting father. And it got to the point of, uh, of the consecration and all of a sudden the bell rings and you hear that ding. Yeah. And um, the kid stops talking, just goes silent and looks over. And you see, and he sees the incense rising up and he sees the priest uh, raise up the host and he goes, and he, he just yells out, hi, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, wow, that's, yeah. that's adorable. Uh, kids. And then, and but it's like this yeah. kid was able to like, it's like and he recognized like what's yeah. going on. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard people come into the church and be like, oh, it smells like church. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it smells like church. It's like, yeah, it's exactly what it should smell like. Um, <laughs> it, it smells like Jesus or something. Oh, no. like, oh, the people who are like, who say that they're allergic to incense. Like, I'm like, oh, come on. Like, <laughs> you're allergic to incense. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't and I'm know. like, we can't do incense at the church because some people are allergic to it. 
Um, oh, that that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I have actually met people that have been allergic to incense. Really? But I don't think that's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Gluten-free hosts. Okay. I don't know. There's no way to fix that with incense, but gluten-free host. No, gluten-free host is so bad. <laughs> you can't do gluten-free host because it's not bread anymore. And then it can't be Jesus. Um, so they have gluten, uh, low gluten host. Um, is the way they get around it. Yeah. They just like the minimum amount of gluten they're allowed to have in it. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's so sketchy. I'm like, I, I will never receive communion from a low gluten host because I'd be so sketched out. I'd be like, it did it have just enough gluten? Is it is it still bread? Uh, it's like, like, oh, we're going to use non-alcoholic wine. So grape juice, it, it's not the proper matter. It, it's not going to work. Um, so yeah, th- that freaks me out. Like gluten-free host, I'm like super against that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it's just, I think this is a really important point though, about the senses being a opportunity for teaching people, you know, just like, that's what, that's what we're missing. Like in, in most masses around the country where your typical mass, is just like not, you don't get a sense of reverence. You don't get a feeling of like this. People downplay feelings and I think it's maybe, well, okay. Um, how do I say? People downplay feelings, but um, the charismatics don't. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's just an important point to have like, a feeling of reverence, like okay, feeling that okay, God so is present. Here's the problem. Uh, the problem isn't with the charismatics who are, <laughs> who are having a lot of feelings. And there's, and there's, and there's, and there's another, the other problem of like, um, and Nova Sorda where it's just like completely dead. Um, but the, the thing about the Trinity mass is it has the best of both worlds. Um, and Hannah Montana would love this because they've got <laughs> the best of both worlds. Um, you see, it has the, the feelings in the right place. Um, and it has the feelings directed towards a the right end, um, and so in in the in the Trinity Mass, it really does have um, everything that you're looking for. The only thing it does not have that you're that most people think they're looking for is English. Um, <laughs> and I really do think that if they like um, if they went to the Trinity Mass and it wasn't in Latin, uh, people would be uh, way less uh, angry about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a yeah, interesting it's point. It's not even that much to get over. Really. It's really not. It's like if you just, you know, can you read? Like most people <laughs> can read. Yeah. Okay. So um, read at your own pace. Don't get freaked out if you're running behind or ahead of what's actually happening in front of you. It's okay. Because the point is you're praying, right? And um, like... That's that's my biggest thing when it comes to just th- there's a language difference. Okay, just I mean pray pray it in your own pray it in English. It's there in the missal. Well, okay. So my thing is uh, so when I first started going to the Trinity Mass when I wasn't serving Mass, I would follow along with the book and I'd follow along meticulously. I was like, okay, the Father's here, and I got really good at figuring out where Father was based on where he was standing. And based on um, what words that were audible versus what words were silent. And I was able to figure out what's going on in the mass. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it got to the point where I was like trying to figure out the mass. Mm -hmm. And I realized that um, I was going to try to go through mass once, 
uh, without the missile. And so I just didn't, I just didn't bring the missile and I just sat through the Trinity mass and I was like, you know, I just, I just paid yeah. attention. I was looking, I wasn't trying You're to figure out what was going on better and there. I was able to pray so much yeah. better. I was just uniting my prayers with the priest and thinking about yeah. uh, contemplating the mysteries of God, praying the rosary um, <laughs> and all these different yeah. things. But I was, uh, and I was paying attention to the mass, um, but I wasn't like yeah. obsessed with the, with what was going on. You know, uh, I, I used to go to this church in Chicago, St. John Cantius. And yeah, my listeners would uh, know a little bit about it from uh, last episode. I talked a little bit about my trip to uh, stay with the canons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So I used to organize the young adult group there and the, uh, we would, we'd always go across the street to the, um, coffee shop and, uh, which actually upstairs, uh, above that coffee shop was like the, the, um, LGBTQ plus headquarters. Oh, nice. That's interesting. The elemental peak. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we, we, there was just like a ton of hipsters in that area. Like everybody was a uh, hipster. And so we, but there was like incredible attendance on Wednesday nights of hipsters at low mass. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> they would all come and they wouldn't care at all because that, that it was in Latin or whatever, because it's like, it's a spiritual experience, man. It's like Whole Foods, you know, like you're getting the real deal. <laughs> okay. 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 So it's funny you mentioned this because I was, um, I was at, I was at my church the other day and, um, and I was talking to, uh, the priest there and there was this lady though, sitting there staring at the stained glass. And she was like, obviously she was, um, not full of it. Um, not entirely there. And so we go and talk to her. It's like, Hey, are you okay? Um, would you like to uh, talk or whatever? She's like, Oh no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And she got up and left. And, um, and afterwards father was telling me, yeah, we've been getting these people. Uh, I forgot what he called them. He said, there's a name for them, for the people that do this. And, uh, basically they get super high and then they go into a Catholic church, a beautiful Catholic church, nice. and they just go and stare at the stained glass windows because everything starts like, like they see all these colors and everything and it's like super shiny and it smells and everything. So it's mm. apparently it's a thing now. Wow. And so they're like looking out for people that do that. Um, but it only happens at like churches that are mm. beautiful. <laughs> interesting. Uh, I well, forgot what they called them, uh, but yeah. Maybe that's not interesting. Yeah, and and there's something. Um, well, a lot of these people that came though on Wednesday, they they'd convert. Really, it would take well, couple, it makes sense though. A couple months. Like, what's what's attracting them? Yeah, yeah, it's like the authenticity. I don't know. I think it's the authenticity of it. Well, the very fact that they're coming to stare at the stained glass, they're coming because of beauty's the, the beauty of it. Again. Yeah, the beauty's drawing them in. Yeah, yeah, and so it's like it's really surprising to see um, to see that. But mm-hmm. then when you think about it, it's really not that surprising. Yeah. Like they're not walking into um, like these ugly parishes that are just like plain black walls. Right. Just like everything else they see all day long. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, They're drawn into these beautiful churches and then they realize there's something, something more here, something Mm -hmm. spiritual, even though they don't have it right just yet. There's there's something there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It raises the question for them and then they, it does really at that point have it really helps a lot to have somebody to talk to, yeah, talk these things through with, and that's where a really um, solid priest comes in, but or or friend, you know, but it's or just a good Wednesday group, yeah, a good <laughs> Wednesday night group, go having beers after low mass, um, 
but yeah, it's just uh, helpful to, I, I think, not put too much pressure on, um, well, if, if you haven't been to the Tridentine Mass before, if you haven't been to Low Mass, don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself to understand everything that's going on right away and to stay in sync with the priest as it's happening. It's just not that important. What's important is your relationship with Christ and what you get out of what you get out of being with Christ at the mass. You know, and then those things will follow, the understanding will follow, I think, in time. And well it's like you think about like all the uh the great saints who went to uh the Trinity Mass. Yeah. And so many of them couldn't even read. Um and so they were um they just would, would go to mass and just pray. Um, or like how they would uh, bring the Trinity Mass to like Ireland and things like that. And it's like you, I don't think the Irish knew Latin. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some aristocrats in in Ireland would know Latin, but the common person they didn't know Latin. They knew Irish, mm-hmm. and the entire country was converted by the Trinity Mass. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I think that's why I, I often tell friends who I bring to the Trinity Mass, like the first time they go, just, like, just don't don't worry about the missile. I want you to just, just pay attention to what's going on. Look at the smell, the smells. Uh, look at where the candles are. Look at where the priest is standing. Um, and listen to the chant, especially if it's at a high mass. Um, listen to the chant. Listen to how, how it sounds, how the music carries throughout the building. Um, and just take it in. And yeah. the next time you come, try to then, I would say the second time you come, then try to follow along with the missile. Um, and then uh, from there, you can fi- fi- figure out the way you want to you want to pray mass. Um because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that, that's just the way. That's the way I recommend people mm-hmm. do it whenever I invite people, um, especially if yeah. I can't be there with them. Because it's oft, oftentimes I'll invite them and then I have to serve at the mass. Um, yeah. So I'm just like, sorry, you're sitting there on your own. My bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like I like how you said the term pray mass, right? Because you know, um, a lot of times people criticized. I think I think at the time in the 60s and 70s, it was a common criticism. Um, of well liberals at the time to say well we shouldn't just hear so there's different terms like hear mass attend mass go to mass pray mass right the time at the time a lot of people would say we're going to hear mass and that was kind of like well are you doing anything at the mass it's kind of like you're too passive right so that's a legitimate point there but we've gone now we now today most people just say we're going I'm going to mass we're going you know yeah, we're just go going to, mass, to mass yeah right I, I I think a good balance is to say like, we're going to pray pray mass right yeah I, I, I like say that. go to mass sounds almost the same thing as going to hear mass yeah it's just yeah. as bad right yeah <laughs> sounds like it anyways the language is just as bad mm-hmm. um, but yeah yeah um, because like um, yeah I think yeah I never thought about thought about that that I just kind of um, it was what I was thinking in my head but yeah i think that's, that's a good point like the idea of like what what language do you use to say i'm going to mass i'm going to pray mass i'm going to hear mass like mm-hmm. that, that that language matters mm-hmm. um i don't know if saying i'm going to pray mass is the correct way to say it yeah but, uh, right it's yeah, definitely yeah it's definitely an interesting point um to look into um but i like it and i'm going to use it from now on <laughs> until i hear something better mm-hmm. um and so in the in the so let's talk a little bit about um, some specific prayers that have like changed hmm. um, or specific prayers that have been taken away 
um, that you uh, like because whenever I think about it, because one of the things that I always tell people because um, I'm like, okay, so the thing about the Trinity Mass that I really love is like the beauty of some of the prayers or the intensity in some of the prayers or the things that are asked in some of the prayers um, that are no longer um, really being asked anymore. And so, um, like the different ways that the, um, uh, like the thri- the, uh, threefold, um, uh, Domine Nom Sum Dignus, uh, mm-hmm. which is in translated into English and they yeah. say, uh, Lord, um, uh, see, I can't remember it in English anymore. Um, Domine Nom Sum Dignus, the Lord, I'm not where they enter my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Um, like those words, like, and we had to change that recently. Um, because before they had it something, they had, tra- had a weird translation Lord, not worthy to receive you, but only, I don't remember word and I shall be healed. And I shall be healed. And yeah. I don't know. It's something like that. Um, but yeah, like, um, there's just so many, like, I don't know if we can really discuss this. Like there's just so many pieces and it's all scattered throughout the missile. So many pieces that have been changed Yeah, and modified and, and just different parts that have been struck. You know, different prayers that are very old that have been around for a long time that were that were completely struck or modified, and it's. I mean, not to say that they're. I mean, prayers are prayers. Like they're all they're all good. <laughs> I but mean, some are better are, than others, though. Yeah, I There's mean, that's the general of idea I want to say. Like know? I can uh, I can say, um, Lord help me, which is a good prayer, but a better prayer is the rosary. Um, objectively speaking. Yeah, I, I just don't know how, like, how many of these we can really talk about. I'm looking at a few. Well, one just, thing that I know that a priest friend of mine actually says in the Novus Ordo Mass, which is not in the Novus Ordo Mass, but he'll say it silently to himself as he's crossing the room to read the gospel. Okay. He says the, uh, the give me thy blessing. Um, the He says... Um, he does the the prayer before the gospel. He says, "Cleanse my heart and my lips, O Almighty God, who does cleanse the lips of the prophet Isaiah oh, yeah. with the burning coal and vouchsafe through vouchsafe through Thy gracious mercy, so to purify me mm-hmm. that I may worthily announce the holy gospel through Christ our Lord." Amen. So he'll say that prayer himself in Latin mm-hmm. on his way mm-hmm. from the chair to the gospel um, because it's yeah. not in the Trinity Mass, but he he's like. Like, I don't know why this was taken out. He's like, I love this prayer. There, um, yeah. It prepares me for reading the gospel. There's so many prayers that are just for the priest, too, mm-hmm. that were taken out. Yeah. You know? And and so um, I think that we underestimate how much of an effect that these changes have just... Spiritually. Well, Spiritually yeah. for the priest, like spiritual too. warfare. Like whenever you're, whenever the priest is going up to the altar, like Satan does not want these priests saying mass. Like it's not good. Yeah. So the well, it's not good for the demons. So demons are attacking your priest as he's like trying to say mass. And so mm-hmm. throughout the mass, it's just constantly, constantly in the Trinity mass, the priest saying, "Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Lord, uh, help me." get through this mass lord please don't kill me as i'm going up the altar to say mass yeah um so yeah those all those prayers um they 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 do things like if you believe in prayer then you believe that it works that it does things um so why is less prayer better yeah good question yeah um and in terms of other things um especially like the uh, uh oh another thing that they do which i thought was interesting um is the the confidior twice 
um, at the beginning of mass, the Trinity mass, yeah. they do the confidior mm-hmm. and we do that in the Novus Ordo. It's the, <clears throat> I confess to almighty God. It's you, my brothers and sisters. Of course, the, the, there's actually a little bit of difference because the confession is the priest says it confidior. And then he asks for forgiveness from, um, the congregation and the servers respond. And then the servers do a confidior. Um, and we ask for the priest to forgive us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then right before communion, um, they do a second confidior just in case something happened between the beginning and middle of mass. I mean, beginning in uh, the in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was funny that they they that kind I didn't of realize there. that was why they had the second one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that kind of thing. Um, it, those little changes. Uh, it's it's really awesome to see and and the amount of effect that it has on. Um, on the priest and on um, and on the people as well before the priest is being promoted in that way and the priest is being lifted up by the prayers that he's being uh, given uh, that kind of thing is just like you just never it's kind of things you wouldn't even know because really most of those prayers are said in secret and silence anyways because it's just between the priest and God yeah, yeah. Um, and so any last um, thoughts about the mass? Or about the uh, about talking about the um, or why? Okay, so here I'll ask you a question. If you were, if someone was like on the fence about the Trinitine Mass, was like, I went to a Trinitine Mass once, and I was like, ah, it's not so good. Um, what, what would you tell them, or how would you try to convince them to come back or try again? Go five times at least. Go I mean, five times. You got to I mean, okay, so you're you're not going to um, really know what you're missing if you just go once. Because like anything, I mean, you've got to at least come to some degree of familiarity with with it with what it is that you're you're participating in. Or you're, um, um, and it's and it's going to take some time for adjustment. So just like I said before, um, try to uh, make your main goal to to pray at mass. That's why you're there. Right? And don't sweat it if you're not um, completely in sync with the priest all the time. Um, and if you zone if you zone out in your own personal prayer, that's fine. Just come back and come back to uh, come back to it at some point. But um, then, just overall, um, it's helpful, I think, to look at the missile. To look at the mass as a whole, review it maybe even outside of the mass, see see the general idea. Look at the prayers, maybe even look at the English translation, and and see what you think. How does it compare to the Novus Ordo uh, mass? I mean, both both are legitimate prayers, as as we've uh, talked about. It's just that uh, you know you might um, might find you prefer one over the other. So I don't know. That's just my general thought, but okay. And so, and so John, you are a student at the university of St. Thomas, um, doing your PhD. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like just briefly. Yeah. So I, um, what, what are you getting your PhD in? Well, I moved, I moved from Chicago in 2015 to begin this PhD in philosophy. And, uh, it's, Specialized. It's at the Center for Thomistic Studies here in Houston, and so of course it's focused in the thought of St. Thomas Aquinas. And um, 
So I'm, I'm, I finished the classes and I finished the comprehensive exams and I'm now writing my dissertation on um, how Aristotelian Thomistic principles can help guide the use and development of modern technology. And so, um, well, according to um, a man named Yves Simone, who was a student of Jacques Maritain, so okay. I don't know. That all sounds like really yeah. This like is very technical. Uh, very technical. Um, and so I don't know how to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. So yeah, that that's exactly what I wanted to hear. And so um, the and so the point I was the reason I was asking was because I'm saying uh, I wanted to say that uh, there's a lot of topics that we could talk about regarding philosophy and your dissertation. And I'd love to have you on uh, more regularly to talk about uh, different philosophical principles, like maybe come on and talk about uh, relativism and talk about these kind of things. Um, and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, and especially talking about your dissertation, would you be interested in that? Yeah, it sounds good. Awesome. Good. And if anybody wanted to uh, connect with you, is there any way that people can connect with you? Or are you kind of like, eh, I want to keep more of a uh, lower profile? Well, I mean, since you ask, I mean, there is johnhaines.com, <laughs> but it's kind of under renovation right now. And it's mostly just um, a blog that I've had going since 2006 on just random topics. So. Um. Yeah. Awesome. Johnhaines.com. Is all your old blogs still up there? Yeah. It was. It was called Battle for the Core for a long time. Okay. And then, and then uh, I changed it over. So. And so what kind of uh, what kind of blogs were on there? What kind of topics? Like, what are, what are your two, three favorite topics that you um, put on your blog so people can know what what they're getting to if they uh, decide to go check out your website? Well, for I'd say the majority of the articles are about uh, current current events, but then I've also got a good bit about um, just random philosophical topics like um, chance, according to Aristotle and Aquinas. Or um, huh. there's a few on there's a few on the liturgy. There's uh, one or two on my own personal crazy adventures biking in Switzerland. Huh. Um, we're going to, I might have to go through and like steal some of just, your ideas. It's very eclectic. It's yeah. just very random. And like, <laughs> Oh, like, uh, like whenever you mentioned chance, I'm like, that's actually a really interesting topic. I never thought about. Yeah. Chance um, and Providence. Yeah. How they relate. Actually let's, let's schedule a day to talk about that. Cause like, <laughs> that's a really interesting topic. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, uh, and so the, with that, we will uh, conclude. Um, but uh, before I conclude, I just wanted to uh, say to uh, to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's TuneIn, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And we are now on uh, iHeartRadio. So if you listen to iHeartRadio, listen to podcasts there. I didn't know they did podcasts, but I found out and I was submitted it there. So now it's on iHeartRadio. Um, and so subscribe. Um, and you can also uh, find me on Facebook at Catholic Conversations, uh, where I post uh, some things and you can connect with me there. Um, and so the, and so, yeah, so all that, but, uh, as always, we will conclude in a hail Mary, um, in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, e benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Oh, and I almost forgot. 
Um, and, uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between, you can email me complaints at Fonseca <laughs> or complaints about John. Uh, you can email me at Fonseca production at gmail.com. That's Fonseca F O N S E C A production at gmail.com. Um, and so, uh, with that, thank you. Oh, you